morning. Welcome to North Church. We're so glad you're here with us today. In a moment, the band is going to lead us in a couple of songs, followed by a message from one of our North Church Bible teachers. It'll inspire us to grow deeper in our relationship with God. All in all, you can expect our services to last for about an hour. If you have any more questions, feel free to visit us online at northchurch.net. Scroll to the bottom of the page and click on e-bulletin. There you'll find all the upcoming events and other information about the church. If after service you still have questions, please visit us in the lobby at our info center. There a volunteer would be happy to answer any questions and help you find your next steps here at the church. While you're in the lobby, don't forget to visit the coffee bar. There we have hot drinks, cold drinks, espresso, donuts, all that type of stuff. It's all funded from your donation. If this is your first time or you're new here to the church, welcome. We'd like to invite you to a five-minute meeting called First Connect. There you can meet one of our pastors, learn about the heart of our church, and what your next steps can be. April 28th and 29th, Life Center will be hosting the Collide Conference. It's for students ranging from middle school all the way to young adults. There will be amazing worship. They'll get to be inspired and encouraged by speakers from around the United States. Churches from all over Spokane will be attending, and the cost is only $29. You can register online at thecollideconference.com. Or if you have any questions, contact Pastor Kenny or Pastor Nate. Spring is coming, the snow is gone, and we are looking forward to Easter. This year, there will be a Good Friday service and three services on Easter Sunday. Part of our mission is reaching out to the community, and Easter is a great time to do just that. Invite your neighbors, your friends, your family. There will be an Easter egg hunt for the kids, and we're going to have a great time celebrating the resurrection. Those are all the announcements we have for you today. If after service you are in need of prayer, please step forward, and a member of our prayer team would love to pray with you. Don't forget on your mobile device to check in to North Church on Facebook. Every three check-ins provides an item for a welcome basket for refugee families coming into Spokane. Now it's time to sing. Will you please stand? Thanks. 
I'm going to be yelling into the microphone. Good morning, North Church. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't give a big shout out to the Zags, right? <laughs> Woo! Holy cow. Okay, now, am I right? Final four, and it's the first time we've ever been here, correct? Right. Big deal. Big deal for Spokane. Big deal for Gonzaga. And we're, we're thrilled to see how this turns out. So... And um, by the way, we won't talk basketball all morning. If you are not a basketball fan, you are still welcome here at North Church. Just know that. One of the big core values here at North Church is connection. And so if you are 18 to 25 years old, you have an opportunity right after this service to meet our college pastor. His name's Nathan Mead. Uh, he will meet you right over here for First Connect underneath the monitor. Just an opportunity for you to meet one of our pastors and um, get to know him a little bit. Right now, though, I'd love it if you guys got to know each other. So here's what I want you to do. Turn to somebody and say, go Zags, and see if you can read. Hold on. See if you can read their face and tell if they're a basketball fan or not. Okay, I love those assignments, because uh, the non-basketball fans are like, no, no, not happening. Well, hey, uh, transitioning from basketball, uh, I don't know if you know that three weeks from now is Easter, believe it or not, can you believe, <laughs> sunshine, I just, please, Easter and sunshine, right? On your seat, you may be sitting on this, if not, put it in your hands somehow. Uh, we have three Easter services we want to invite you to, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. This is not just for you, though. Yes, put it on your fridge, but we have more out at the uh, info center or on the tables in the foyer. These are for you to invite family and friends. Easter is the, probably the biggest time that people come to church all year, the biggest holiday. So this is perfect opportunity for you to invite family, friends who may not always come to church, maybe your neighbors, and they can hear the gospel. They need to hear we need to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And Easter is a prime opportunity for all of us to give an invite. So grab more of these, give them to your neighbors and friends. Also, uh, we will have an amazing kids program uh, on Easter Sunday, but we need your help. So if you have been here um, at North Church and you are willing to serve in our kids ministry, go to one service and serve at another. Pastor Ryan will be out in the lobby after service, and uh, he'd love to talk with you about doing just that. So would you stand with us and we'll start our morning with prayer. Well, Father God, we love you. We are here because of you. We're here to worship you. We're here to um, hear from Pastor Mike what you would deliver to us, what you would have us receive from that message. And so we just want to um, bless your name, Jesus. We want to thank you for the opportunity to gather to worship you, to gather as a, as a, a church. Um, to lift your name on high. And so we do that as we sing, Lord, that you may be glorified. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together.
thank you so much for your amazing grace that you so freely pour out on us, Lord. We just thank you and we love you for everything that you provide in our lives, God. You may continue to pray that you're seated. Thank you for your presence, for your power in this place. God, we pray that uh, you'd give us ears to hear what your spirit would want to say to each one of us. You brought us here for a reason and a purpose. And Lord, here we are. We're listening. We're asking, Lord, have your way in us. Amen. Well, in just a moment, we're going to receive our tithes and offering. Um, Peggy Arndt, a missionary sent out from our church, is, has been the last couple weeks in Liberia, Africa, um, ministering at a conference there, helping train up 50 key ministry partners in, uh, in Africa for the purpose of helping them see that within their local context of each of their communities, that God has provided everything that is needed in order to a better the community and in order to fight human trafficking, kind of an area of specialty that she's been uh, working towards and working in. Uh, so thank you for your gifts. Um, we support Peggy and other ministries uh, in our community and around the world. And so those gifts always go towards things that, that uh, help extend the kingdom of God. So again, thank you for your generosity. Let me just pray over that. Lord, we pray that as we give, Lord, that you would use these gifts uh, to extend your kingdom to better communities right here in Spokane, but beyond here, Lord, into other places uh, throughout the world that you lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Ushers will come. Hey, we're in a series uh, today looking at the I am's that Jesus spoke about himself, seven particular ones, as we kind of lead up to Easter. And when Jesus used the word I am, he was actually saying, I am God. I mean, because it goes all the way back to the language of the Old Testament when God spoke to Moses at the burning bush and he revealed himself. Moses was going back to Egypt and, and wanted to know, who do I say sent me? And God said, tell them I am sent you. And so Jesus is God. He's saying, I am God, and this is what God is like. 
And so he begins to unpack for us a little bit about uh, God and his nature, his character, and his concerns. And so he uses these I am statements in the Gospel of John. And, and we looked at a couple of them already. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said that I am the light of the world. And last weekend, Scott talked about Jesus being the gate out of John chapter 10, which I'm going to pick up in John 10 this, this morning. So here's the next big I am statement that Jesus made. We'll put it here on the screen. Let's read it together. Well, there it is. <laughs> I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, Pastor Scott, he had like a shepherd story because he was like a, he was, he was tending sheep for a day. I thought that was really cool. I don't have anything that cool, okay? I don't know much about sheep. I've eaten a few. Um, <laughs> lamb chops, come on. <laughs> Give me a break. I know there's a goat downtown, you know, that eats trash. <laughs> you know, by the big red wagon. Yeah, I've, I've pet him and uh, Green Bluff, but that's about the extent of my hands-on experience. But thankfully, I, you know, we, we get to read. So I, I've read some about sheep and shepherds and, and want to talk a little about that uh, today. Sheep, though, in the scripture are, are used as the most frequently referred to animal. Uh, matter of fact, uh, sheep are referred to over 200 different times. Now, since we're talking about animals, I thought it was also kind of interesting that dogs were mentioned 44 amazing times and cats, zero. <laughs> Just saying, I don't know what that means. I'll let you determine that if you're going out to get a pet today. Don't, don't let the Bible sway you, okay? Sheep, sheep are cute, but they're also stupid, so... I mean, I don't know why God picked that. I wish he would have picked something else. I don't know if you know what are the smartest animals that are out there. A dolphin, yeah, a raven. A pig. Out of all things, a pig. Yeah. And, and so I, I would have preferred God referred to me as a dolphin, you know, like flipper, but nope. A sheep. And sheeps can do stupid things. And in the love of Jesus, I just want to say, you're stupid, I'm stupid. We can be stupid sometimes, right? I've done some really stupid things in my life. So maybe it's because I'm kind of like a sheep at times. Isaiah 53 says, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. It's very, very common for sheep to turn to their own way, to go after something they think will make them happy. To find a weed, a pasture, <laughs> weed, how, go figure. But <laughs> to find anything that they think will make them happy. And they do that. Sheep just, they, they take off. We go our own way. And we do that in life, don't we? We think, I know how to fulfill myself. My path is the best path. God, if I need you, I'll let you know. I don't want you to set any rules up for me. I don't want you to get in my way of my happiness. So leave me alone. Let me go and make myself happy. And the problem with that is that that 
that is a, an attitude of rebellion. It's an attitude of sin. It separates us from God. And ultimately, what we find out in the end is that it doesn't work. Because the bottom line is sheep need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. And that was the point that God is trying to make is that we were made in such a way that we need a shepherd. We are not self-made men. We need God. We're born with that. We are created with that within us. Sheep are also needy. Matter of fact, if, if a sheep gets turned over on their back, it's actually a very dangerous position for them to be in because they often cannot turn back over and get back up on their feet. And uh, that, that's called a downcast sheep. And Psalm 23, uh, David, the great shepherd in, in Psalm 23, the, 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 the author of that particular psalm was a shepherd, had that experience. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd, right? And one of, the, one of the promises that come out of the Psalm 23 is that when we're downcast, God will restore us. He restores the soul of those who are downcast. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel downcast. You feel that depression. You feel that sense of loneliness. You feel that, that sense of I'm here in this crowd, but I feel very alone. Does God even know me? So let's talk for a moment about what makes a good shepherd. Why is Jesus the great I am, the God who is a good shepherd to you and me? Well, here's what it says in verse 3. The sheep listen to his voice. Now, listen to this. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls his sheep by name. He knows your name. He knows your name. We look out at a crowd and we often think, oh, this is just a, a sea of humanity, you know? Uh, and yet when God looks at us, he sees individual faces. He knows individual stories. He sees individual pain. He knows your individual dreams because God created you. So he never looks at a group or, a, or, or a, a mass of people and just sees a crowd. He always sees individuals because he knows your name and he knows my name. I don't know about you, but naming a kid, if you've ever named a kid, it's tough. It's tough to name your kid. You know, all these names, you come up with a name and you remember somebody you didn't like, you know. Nope, we're not naming him that. Reminds me of that boyfriend I had in college that I hated, you know. And so it's really hard to come up with a good name. I remember when we came, we had a name, we had like, I, I forget what the second name was, but for our first child, Zach, we had Zachary, and then we had this other alternate name, and at the time it felt like it was a contender. And so we went into uh, the birth, and we had not named him. Everybody kept asking, what's his name? What's his name? I don't know. I don't know. Because I wanted to see him first before we, like, chose one of the two final names. And then when I saw him for the very first time, I went, that's Zach. That's Zachary. God knows you. He knows your face. He knows your name. He knows what you're going through today. God said this to his chosen people, Israel, in Isaiah 49. He said, see, I have 
written your name on the palm of my hand, engraved your name, tattooed your name on the palm of my hand. Not, I don't have any tattoos yet, who knows? Still got a few years, never know. Skin's starting to sag a little. I'm not sure if I'm gonna sign up for that program yet. But, but my understanding is, is that a tattoo on your palm is really painful. Like, because it's so sensitive, there's not a lot of fat there. And so it's one of the most painful places you can tattoo. And God says, I've tattooed you on the palms of my hands, and I wonder if he's referring to the cross when those nails went through. He paid a dear price for you because he knows you. He calls you. He's redeemed you. And he's a good shepherd. You belong to him. In John chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. He knows you. The intimate pieces of who you are, your heart, your soul, your mind. He's a good shepherd. I love that about God, that he's not distant and aloof and going, good luck with all that. He's right there involved in our lives. Not only that, but a good shepherd leads and guides the sheep. Remember Psalm 23 that I referred to? David said that the Lord is my shepherd. He guides me along paths of righteousness for his namesake. So a good shepherd is out in front of the sheep, guiding and leading the sheep. He's not driving cattle. He's leading sheep. And Jesus leads us. He guides us. He's out before us. Look at verse 4 with me in John 10. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. How does he lead us? By his voice. He wants you to know his voice because when we belong to God, he puts his Holy Spirit in your heart. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us and reminds us about Jesus, convicts us of things that are wrong, leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is alive in you if you know Jesus Christ. And he's the good shepherd, and we get to follow him. He has adventures for us to walk in. The Bible says that they follow him because they know his voice. Now, I know some here maybe think, I, I've never heard the voice of God. I'm not even sure what you're talking about. I would like to, but I haven't yet. And, and now, keep in mind, I'm not talking about an audible voice. What I'm talking about is that there, there are a couple different ways, but I want to just focus on two of the primary ways that God speaks to us. One, through his word, the logos, the written word of God. He speaks to you and me through his word. That's why it's so important that we read it, we study it, not just here when we're together, but alone at home or driving, listening to it in the car on the way to work, that we're getting the word of God into our heart, into our mind, into our spirit, and we're studying at times. God wants you to know the word. He doesn't want you to be completely dependent on a person like me. He wants you to know the word. 
and he'll teach it to you if you're interested. But the word of God, it leads us, it guides us, it speaks to us. For example, I was going into a meeting this past week and it was one of those meetings, you know, where you're not sure how it's gonna turn out because uh, miscommunication uh, was very uh, possible in this particular meeting. Emotions were running high. It was gonna, you know, it was one of those where defensiveness could come up really quick. And as I was praying over the meeting, I just felt the Lord remind me of a passage in James 1 where, where it says, be slow to speak, be quick to listen, and slow to anger. It's a Bible verse, but it came up from wherever, in, and it was like the Spirit was speaking through that to go into this meeting and just to collect the facts, ask good questions, don't be defensive, don't get angry, don't lose your patience, don't just speak out of turn, and, and the meeting went really well. See, God is constantly speaking to us through his word if we'll hide it in our heart. And in those times when you're afraid, he'll say, fear not, for I'm with you. It comes from the scripture. Or those times when you feel like taking credit for something that went really well, and he says, humble yourself before the Lord, and I'll lift you up. But there are all kinds of Bible passages that, that he speaks to us through, his word. The other way is through his vo the, the voice of his spirit. And that's that whisper of God into your spirit. See, God, God wants to train you and teach you his voice, the voice of his spirit that prompts us, that guides us. And his spirit, the voice of his spirit and his written word will line up. They always line up. I was uh, on, a, on a vacation about a month ago and uh, came back, unpacked, <clears throat> and I had put all my computer cords and everything in my suitcase uh, because um, you're having to put more and more stuff in there if it's a free suitcase, you know, and because this airline let you bring one for free. And so get home, I unpack all my cords, and I'm missing this little tiny annoying USB cable. And... And uh, I looked everywhere, unpacked, looked through the suitcase multiple times, looked through my briefcase, looked through uh, all of my drawers, thought maybe I didn't bring it on the trip. And I, I looked everywhere, research, just the whole house over and over, scoured it multiple times, really frustrating. Finally, after like a week of looking and waiting and looking and waiting, I end up going on Amazon, finding out it's 25 bucks for this little cable. I'm thinking, rip off, I'm so mad. And then... <laughs> And then I just felt like the prompting of God saying, have you prayed? Have you even asked me where the cable is? Now, I know some of you are laughing and thinking, a cable, a little USB. God cares about even the smallest things of our life. This thing was annoying me. So I prayed. And the next day I woke up and it was like, bing. I went back to the suitcase that I'd already checked multiple times. And I go looking through it underneath some fabric. It somehow slipped underneath there and I found it. And I was able to just go, thank you, God. You are the good shepherd who cares about the smallest little details of our life. You speak to us. You prompt us. Upon moving to Spokane, God's prompting, his spirit was at work within us. 
we were trying to figure out where to move to. We knew God wanted us to be a part of a church plant team. We knew that God was moving us from Prescott, Arizona, uh, somewhere up into the northwest and driving through the area and being over uh, in the area of, of uh, Mount Spokane area, uh, out in those wheat fields, I remember praying and the Lord just said, you're home, you're home. It's those words from God that lead us in some of the biggest ways of our life and in some of the smallest details because he's a good shepherd and he leads his sheep. If you've ever wanted to know more, how do you, how do you grow in that ability to discern his voice? I wanna encourage you, take Rooted Rooted is one of those ways that many people have gone through that have said, hey, I'm not sure I know how to discern God's voice. And after coming through Rooted, they have a much better understanding of that through the prayer experience and through uh, the Bible reading and the other things and the discussion and comparing notes with others that are in it. So, hey, you can sign up for that today. The third thing that this passage shows us with John 10, this is the most amazing of all, this almost makes it not just a good shepherd, but a great shepherd, because this is what the Bible says. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, lays his life down, puts it on the line, gets in harm's way. I don't know about you, but if I was a shepherd, I'm not sure I would do that like put myself, me, between the sheep and the wolf. I'd probably just go, free dinner, you know? <laughs> Nothing like mutton. But, but Jesus lays his life down for his sheep because, again, each person is an individual that matters. There's a wonderful old story of a man who operated a drawbridge. His duty was to raise the bridge so that boats could sail underneath and then to lower the bridge so that trains could run across. One day the man took his small son to work with him, and like most small boys, he was very curious about how the big machinery ran that big drawbridge. So he was peeking in through a trap door where the machinery was, and he lost his footing and he fell down into the gears. His father came over to rescue him, but just as he reached down to pull him out, he heard the whistle of an approaching train. He knew that train would be full of people and there was no way to stop that speeding locomotive. The bridge had to be lowered. Well, in that moment, he faced a terrible dilemma. If he saved the boy, he risked the life of every person on the train. But if he lowered the bridge, his son would be crushed in the gears. Frantically, he struggled to free the boy, but to no avail. Finally, at the last possible moment the father pulled the lever and with a tear streaming down his cheeks the the drawbridge came down slowly the gears begin to move the train went over the top of the drawbridge and the passengers sped by and they waved merrily at the bridge man completely oblivious to the sacrifice he had just made to save them he had saved them at the cost of his own son's life. God sent his only son into this world and sacrificed him that you and I would be saved because the cross matters. 
You matter to God. Not because of your goodness or your abilities or your, your bucks or your brawn or your brains. No, he values you. And he sent his son to prove that. Many of, many of us know John 3.16, but do you know 1 John 3.16? Says, says this, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. You see, John, what's, what John is saying here is that Jesus died for you, that we could be freed, forgiven, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and of his dear son. And so he says, now lay your life down for others. At home, in our marriages, husbands, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. See, we are called to be servant leaders in our marriages. We are called to lay our lives down. We're called in our community to lay our lives down for others as we see people in need. And if we can meet that need, rather than to, to um, walk away or pass by or the other side of the street or whatever, if we can meet a need, meet a need. There's so many ways that we're able to lay our life down for others. The good shepherd, he knows you by name. He guides you when you're unsure. He, know, he cares for you and all of your concerns. He's forgiven you. And here's the cool thing. Last thing I want to say is that the good shepherd is still fighting for you today. He's still fighting for you. See, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, John 10, 10. Jesus said, I, the good shepherd, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He came to free you. He came to save you. He came to love you. The devil rips us off. He sells us a lie that says we can live this life without God. We can figure out our own path to happiness. We don't need God. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil in your life. See, you'll never go through a dark day alone. God says, I will be with you. I'm fighting for you. In Isaiah, he said, when you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. See, God, your good shepherd, is fighting some of those fights for you. Where is it in your life that you're trying to take the battle on yourself? You're trying, to, you're trying to just push harder, try harder, make it happen, implement plan B or C or D, rather than just saying, God, would you come into this area of my life and fight this fight for me? God says it's by his spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by his spirit. I want to encourage you today. Turn your life over to God. Turn those battles over to the Good Shepherd. What decisions are you trying to make right now? 
that you need God's guidance. You need his leadership. You need his voice to guide you. You need his word to speak to you. He wants to do that. When we belong to God, he speaks to us. Or where is it that maybe you're feeling alone or lonely, hurting, suffering, quietly, silently? Jesus says, I see you. I know your name. I know what you're going through. I've written you on the palm of my hand. Your name is on my lips. I've redeemed you. Not a tear will fall to the ground that I don't catch, that I don't see. Remember, sheep are at their very, very best when they follow their shepherd. Let's pray together. Would you bow your head with me, please? Jesus said, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, he leaves the 99, he goes after the one. Maybe somebody here today, you're, you're thinking, man, that was just for me. That, that message was for me. I know it. Maybe you're the one. The one that he'll leave everywhere else and everything else to come after you because he's that kind of a God. He loves you that much. He's coming after you. He won't drive you forward. He'll lead you forward. Because he came to give you rich and abundant life. He laid his life down for you. There are others of us here this morning. We just need God to guide us and lead us to know his voice. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. Just that we would know his voice and grow in intimacy with Jesus. If that's you, pray with me. Jesus, teach me your voice. Lead me by your voice. Lord, I don't want to just be led by circumstances. I don't want to just be led by feelings, emotions. God, I want to be led by your voice through your written word and by the promptings of your spirit. Teach me that, Lord. Help me grow in knowledge of who you are, not just in my head, but my heart. Grow me up. Mature me. Maybe you're fighting a battle this morning that you need to really turn that thing over to God. And just let him begin to be your defender, your protector. He, the scripture tells us he intercedes for us. Would you give that to him right now? God, I give you this battle, this thing that I've been stressing over, fighting for, trying to make happen in my own strength. God, I just relinquish my control over it and ask that you begin to fight this fight. And Lord, that you'll bring your outcome, not mine. God knows you. He knows your name. He knows what you're going through. And if you're that one, maybe you've never, you're, you're not in the fold. You find yourself outside God's fold. He's not been your Lord, your leader, your guide, your shepherd. And today is the day to make Make that exchange to your life, your self-leadership for his leadership, for him to be your Lord, your shepherd. Then I want to pray with you and ask that you pray with me. Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life. 
I'm asking that you come in and cleanse me from all sin. Forgive me. I believe in you, that you died on the cross for me. You're the good shepherd who laid down your life for me. God, I'm asking right now that you lead me and guide me forward from this day, that you place your spirit in me so that I'll know your voice. I want to belong to you. I want to know you. And I'm receiving what you did for me on the cross in my life, in my heart today, Lord. And just in this quiet moment, if that was you, would you just lift your hand just to say yes to God? Yes, Mike, I prayed that prayer. Yes, amen, amen, amen. Good for you. Yeah, good. Yeah, amen, up there, yep. Yes, Lord, yeah, thank you. Lord, each one of those represent a person that you know. You know their story. You know their experiences. You know what they're going through today. We pray as a congregation, Lord, would you enter into the battle of their life? That Would you begin, Lord, something new in each one of them? God, help them turn a corner. Help them make some new friendships. Help them grow in their faith. Help them know that you care about the details of their life. God, bless them. Fill them. Bring them into green pastures and quiet streams, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're one of those that uh, invited Jesus Christ to be your good shepherd and your Lord and leader, uh, we want to help you um, walk in that. And one of the ways is through getting a Bible. If you don't already have one, we have them out at our information table. It's free to you. Pick it up. Begin to read it. And, uh, and go into the New Testament and pick out one of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John and just begin to read the Bible and ask God to teach you his voice. Well, um, Pastor Nate will be over here for any of our young adults or college students that would like to get better connected. Make sure and go over there and say hi to him. Otherwise, have a great day, everybody.